You're listening to The Green Country, a fantasy storytelling podcast where each episode introduces a new character, creature, or facet of this fantastical land. These stories follow the course of Queen Alyssa's centennial tour of her kingdom. Every 100 years, the long-lived monarch travels throughout her overgrown forest realm, meeting its inhabitants and seeing its sights. Join me each week as we explore a new and fascinating aspect of this lush, expansive world. You can learn more at www.thegreen.country, and I invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks for listening. The Rogue of Thorns, Part 2 It occurred to Avretto, laying there on the floor of the pantry of the windswell. This was the longest he had been parted from his armor since its genesis. Something steeled in him then. There was no way he would let Rugier bring harm to his faithful companion, the living armor which had protected him unfailingly for years and saved his life on multiple occasions. Vosa's venom was beginning to wear off, and he forced himself into his sitting position. He had no plan, only a will. But it was a considerable will, and sometimes that was enough. He heard the bolt turning once more, and Vosa's smooth face appeared as the door opened. Time for dinner, she announced, and in marched Nigel and Clive, who quickly hauled him to his feet. Soon he was stumbling down a corridor, supported under each arm by the two enthusiastic goons, following closely behind Vosa. The interior of the windswell was beyond extravagant. Everywhere Ivretto looked, gilt trim and brightly patterned wallpaper assaulted his senses. There was a cloying, floral smell that seemed to permeate everything, and most offensively, the floor was lined with a tidy length of sumptuous burgundy carpet. This was no pirate's ship. At last, they arrived at a set of ornately carved double doors, and Vosa gave a gentle rap with the back of her hand. Adieu, come in! replied an exuberant voice from beyond the door. Ivretto considered that if he had eaten anything earlier that day, he would likely be upchucking it at that moment. Nigel and Clive opened the door and gave him a gentle push through. He followed shakily behind Vosa. The thought of running occurred to him, but he knew his legs would not cooperate. He could barely stand. And where would he go? He was trapped on a ship sitting high above the clouds. The room they had entered was large, though the windswell was a massive skyship so far as pirate vessels were concerned. The lavish chamber clearly belonged to Rugier, and the open area contained a long dining table, an officious-looking desk flanked by two tall bookshelves, and a lounge with couches and chairs, and even a fireplace. But what caught Evretto's eye most was the row of windows, floor to ceiling, which comprised the far wall. 
The artisan who had crafted the casements had exercised restraint, only adding a touch of filigree to the top and bottom. The remainder of the tall windows were clear and open to the sky beyond, creating a wall of white cloud and blue sky. Ivretto had to admit the view was quite nice. Vosa let him gawk for a moment, and then pulled him along, leading him to the table where his captor sat comfortable and expectant. He met Rugier's patronizing gaze, and the heavy-set man stood to greet Ivretto, welcoming him to his table, which was a glass-topped marvel of masterful craftsmanship. He took a seat and motioned for Ivretto to do the same. Vosa's forceful hand on his shoulder ensured Ivretto's rear found the chair without delay. Rugier considered his nemesis for a moment. Nigel, Clive, take off his manacles. Vosa is quite capable of ensuring our guest's behavior remains civil. Vosa smiled coolly, and the black spike of her wrist stinger flashed out momentarily for Ivretto to see. Nigel and Clive approached and unfettered his wrists, and then retreated. Vosa's hand rested gently on his shoulder, inches from his neck, its presence both gentle yet immensely threatening. The pirate knew better than to test his weakened speed against that wicked spike of hers. Behind him, Ivretto heard the sound of footfalls, and he turned to see a gaggle of facile folk in the costume of chefs and stewards filtering into the room, holding all manner of trays, goblets, platters, and bottles. Rugier looked at him, beaming smarmily. So good that we finally have the luxury of time to actually get to know one another. This is a meeting that has been delayed for far too long. Ivretto turned back to face his nemesis and offered a casual reply. Well, I am a busy man. Not much time for frivolities in my line of work. Ivretto thought he saw Rugier's eyebrow twitch at this comment, but he couldn't be certain. Nonetheless, countered Rugier, fate has offered us a chance to converse at last. There is so much I'd like to talk about, and we're short on time. <laughs> well, you are, at least. Rugier flashed a grin that was more of a restrained snarl, and a servant approached with a bottle of wine and two glasses, and suavely poured one for each of the men. Rugier paid the man no mind, and took a sip from his glass, savoring the fine ruby liquid. Fine stuff, that, he said and considered his captive. Let us drink a toast to the balancing of the scales, to retribution, and to consequence. Rugier raised the glass high, and a squeeze of his shoulder from Vosa ensured Ivretto did the same. Anything you'd like to add? asked Rugier, a baleful look in his eye. I drink to the freedom of the open sky, to a life of uncertainty, and to the edge of a blade. I drink to the life of a pirate. Rugier rolled his eyes at this. Lovely sentiments, my friend, but where have they gotten you? He snorted a laugh and took a long sip of wine. Drink, 
commanded Vosa, and Evredo did the same, though he honored his words alone as he drank. At least you'll die looking good, continued Rugier. I consider it an act of great charity to have relieved you of this jumble of rustic armor. And with that, he hefted Evredo's treasured cuirass, Thorn, from the chair beside him. The rough green surface of the armor had met with the blades of countless swords and bore the scars of many an adventure. Ugly-looking thing, though I may hang on to it as a keepsake, something to remember you by. Ivretto's jaw flexed, and he restrained the urge to leap up and attack Rugier however he could, even in his still weak state. Vosa's firm grip on his shoulder reassured him that were he to try anything, he'd have the privilege of another dose of venom. Rugier grinned, perceiving the armor held some importance to his prisoner. So this dusty old mess means something to you, he jibed, and prodded the bundle of green armor loathingly with his finger. I suppose a simple possession like this would hold great meaning to a man of such lowly means like yourself. Some might call that endearing, but frankly, I think it's pathetic. Evredo stared hard at the man. I wouldn't expect you to appreciate the bond I have with that armor. I'd wager you can't remember the last time you had cause to dress for battle. You're no pirate, Rugier. You're just a sleazy, well-fed bureaucrat farting your way through the skies. Rugier's face reddened at this comment, and he stood, sucking in his prominent belly. The man loomed over Ivretto, his eyes bulging with bloodlust. I am success. I am efficiency. I am a man who has built an empire. What are you but a living failure, a foolish man, still sworn to a child's naive dreams? You, Ivretto, are nothing. Rugier drained his glass with a violent gulp, his face a mask of weariness and disappointment. You know, I thought we might share a meal together, but you've proven to be an absolutely terrible conversationalist. I think I'll kill you first and then enjoy supper. Vosa, let's send him off with a nice view. Vosa gave Ivretto a jab in the back, and he stood, now a bit more steady on his feet. She pushed him in the direction of the wide wall of windows, and Rugier picked up the armor and followed after, his haughty shoes clicking on the marble floor of the chamber. Ivretto felt a bead of sweat running down his neck, though he was cold with fear. I'm out of options he considered as they strode towards the resplendent vista that formed the far wall of the room. Ivredo gazed out at the sun-filled cloudscape that stretched before them. He was overcome by both its beauty and by the terrible end it would bring him to. Rugier turned several clasps on the glass panel they stood before, and the tall window slid silently open on a well-oiled track. Cold, crisp air rushed in through the open portal, and the sound of wind was loud in their ears. And now, Ivretto, we commit you to the freedom of the open sky, as you so eloquently put it.
Seems only a fitting end for a sky pirate, no? And don't worry about your armor. I'll take good care of it, said Rugier, grinning as he held up Thorn tauntingly. All right, enough of this nonsense. You can either step out yourself, or Vosa will be happy to administer another injection, and we can push you out. Ivredo glared defiantly at Rugier, saying nothing. So be it. Vosa, if you please. He had failed as a pirate. He had failed as a man. But most of all, Ivredo had failed in his promise to his living armor, that constant protector, his unlikely kin, Thorn. These were the thoughts that overwhelmed the altruistic hero, and he felt Rugier's words burning into him. The wasp woman raised her arm, and the smooth flesh of her wrist brushed Ivretto's neck with a demon's caress. Then, several things happened at once. The ebon stinger sprang out of the milk-white flesh of Vosa's arm, bound for Ivretto's neck. Simultaneously, her hand was yanked forward with a sudden and incredible force. It took a moment for the three of them to understand what had happened. A ropey tendril extended from Thorn, encircling Vosa's wrist. Her stinger still protruded, its barb menacing and expectant. She looked at the armor with a puzzled expression and gave her wrist a tug. The vine was taut, and Rugier still held the armor fast. It seemed Thorn had made its own promise. Ivretta was just as surprised as Vosa and Rugier. Never before had he seen his armor behave in such a way. Though this moment of confusion lasted as long as an eye blink, he saw his chance. He caught Vosa by the arm, just below the stinger, and gave a hard tug backwards. Rugier stumbled forward, and Thorn flew from his chubby fingers, sailing through the air towards Vosa and Ivretto. Once again, a succession of events proceeded in the span of several seconds. A second tendril shot forth from the airborne armor, latching onto Ivretto. He moved instinctively and without thought, crouching low with his hands raised high. Thorn seemed to melt onto Ivretto's form, the contours of the verdant green armor widening and stretching to fall onto his shoulders with an uncanny ease. In the midst of this strange reunion, Vosa had recovered her bearings and aimed another thrust of her stinger down at Ivretto, who was crouched before her. Rugier, too, had snapped into action, and from a sheath at his hip he drew a long, thin dagger which he brandished before him. Vosa's stinger met with the hard shell of Thorn and buried deep into the woody carapace. Thorn didn't seem to appreciate this, and the vine encircling Vosa's wrist tightened and retracted until the wasp woman's hand was held fast against the armor. Quickly, Ivretto grabbed Vosa's free hand, restraining her as she struggled against the tendril's grasp. Rugier leveled his dagger at Ivretto, its point sharp and glittering. He bellowed out a cruel laugh. Ha! Now what, rogue of thorns? What is your plan? You think I would hesitate to strike for fear of hitting Vosa? Ha! 
Rugier took a step towards Ivretto, who backed up, moving nearer to the open door. Your time has come to an end. Admit it. This desperate gambit is nothing short of embarrassing. And with that, Rugier lunged towards Ivretto. Ivretto had never met a Vespara before Vosa. He had only heard tell of such folk. As such, he knew he was about to roll the dice against fate. He caught hold of her black and yellow waist with a tight grip and leapt out into the open sky, dodging Rugier's attack by mere inches. Wasps have wings, he thought to himself as they plummeted downward. Surely Vosa must too. After several very long and breathless moments, his assumptions were confirmed. Translucent wings buoyed out from the back of the Vespara and set to fluttering at a furious pace. They stretched wide and caught the wind and the sunlight, glittering with prismatic radiance. As she labored against the force of gravity, it was clear they would not be ascending, but their careening descent had slowed considerably. Ivretto looked up and saw Vos's face. The placid facade of composure had been replaced with an expression of extreme annoyance, and when he caught her gaze, he saw a wave of fury rising behind her eyes. After the injection she had administered earlier, he couldn't say he was without mirth upon seeing her confoundment. Beyond her, the immense shape of the windswell grew smaller and smaller, the ornate craft was trimmed with high red sails that glowed with the afternoon sunlight. Baroque ornamentation cast a resplendent silhouette against the wide blue expanse of sky. It was certainly more beautiful from the outside than it was from the inside. Together, the three of them drifted downwards, Thorn, Ivretto, and Vosa, locked in a strange embrace. Soon they passed through the milky drifts of cloud, and the forested earth below began to come into focus. The day was warm and bright and altogether pleasant. Ivretto felt a grin spreading across his lips, and he swore he could feel Thorn's joy too. He couldn't help himself. Have you ever considered joining forces with a real pirate? he asked, a dumb, breezy smile plastered on his face. Vosa looked down at him, her wings laboring, with an expression that was a blend of incredulousness, utter dislike, and the smallest dash of amusement. The Rogue of Thorns. Unbelievable. The End If you like what you just heard, be sure to visit www.thegreen.country for more great content, including beautiful illustrations, detailed character descriptions, and much more. The Green Country is also on Patreon, where a small monthly pledge will give you access to extra content, like an illustrated PDF of the story you just heard. Whether you back this project financially or simply share it with a friend, you can help this vibrant land continue to grow. Once more, that's www.thegreen.country. Thanks for listening!